Welcome back to Bass Slingers Unrestricted. My name is Josh Mitchell, and today, guys, I got a good one for you. I got Tyler Treft from Oh My Larry Fishing on, and he's coming on. We're going to break down YouTube. We're going to break down how to get rolling on YouTube, everything you guys want to know, need to know about YouTube. Tyler's going to answer the questions. He's got some great insights, some really, really good tips and tricks about the algorithm and different things involving YouTube creators, YouTube studios that I think you guys are going to learn from and really enjoy. So with that being said, here's my conversation with Tyler from Oh My Larry Fishing. Okay, guys, I'd like to welcome Trev from Oh My Larry YouTube channel. What's up, Tyler? Thanks for joining me. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing excellent. I greatly appreciate you having me on the podcast tonight, man. Glad to have you, man. I really wanted to get into some uh, YouTube YouTube fishing, YouTube channel stuff, and I thought you were the perfect guy to bring on. So glad to have you. Thanks. I'm Like I said, I appreciate you having me, man. All right. So before we jump into the YouTube, I, I'd like to, for you to tell me how you got into fishing. Okay. Well, the way I actually got into fishing, so uh, I am 33 years old right now. I've actually only been fishing for three years, but I guess I have what you would call an addictive personality. Uh, so when I started fishing, I went full in. But so we have a family campsite that we would go to every year that my girlfriend's family, well, actually she's my fiance now, uh, family owns and we would go camping. And so when we would go camping, there's a creek there with trout and smallmouth bass. Well, I'd went a couple of times and I'd walked up and down the creek and I, of course, didn't get a bite because I had no clue what I was doing. And then so her uncle and and her grandpa are excellent trout fishermen. So he, uh, her uncle Chris told me, he said, hey, man, you get up at daylight. If you can get up at daylight, I'll take you down. And I'll get you on a couple trout. So he took me down at daylight, got me on a couple rainbow trout. And uh, I've been hooked ever since, man. And then so I did that. I did that for about a month trout fishing. And then I found the wonderful world of bass fishing, started watching Bassmaster Classics. I actually watched every Bassmaster Classic from the 70s clear to current day. Uh, when I say I became fully addicted to fishing immediately, I mean, it full out became my life from those first two trout that I caught. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. And to put it to, to, just to give everybody an idea where you're from, I believe you're in Pennsylvania. Am I right? Yeah, so I'm in Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, and then also I fish the mountains of West Virginia. I'm kind of right on the uh, right on the state line, so I'm about 20 minutes south of Pittsburgh and about 30 minutes uh, above the state line of West Virginia. Nice, I know I know the area well. Now, um, now you said you were getting into some trout. Now, are those stock trout, or are you guys finding some of them natives? Okay, so we actually have, so we do have native and stock trout. The ones that I'm talking about, particularly in the story, were stock rainbow trout. So West Virginia has probably one of the best stock trout programs in the nation. And uh, it's, it's a, you can trout fish there year round, but they were both stockies. But that same stream that I caught them out of, they do have little tiny natives in as well. Yeah, you know, I remember being from the area, I used to get into some of them, some of them natives and you know, you know, occasionally you'd get into that two, three pounder and not, it was seemed to be pretty rare. Most of the time they were just little guy, little, little, uh, cigar trout or whatever I used to call them. But, um, I used to enjoy just trying to walk the creeks in the mountains and trying to find them. It is um, it's absolutely beautiful, man. And, and as far as the, uh, small mouth that you're fishing for, are the, I can't imagine those are running for many big lakes or anything. So those just got to be native to the creeks as well. 
Yeah, so that's what that's another thing. Uh, here in the mountains, we have smallmouth bass and we have big, chunky smallmouth bass. Honestly, as we're like Florida, where you're at, where you guys have the giant largies, are things kind of those big smallies. Not not anything like Wisconsin or up in Erie, but uh, here we have great creek streams, we have great rivers, and uh, and then here in my area where I catch my largies is a lot of reservoirs. But uh, once it starts getting hot, I like hitting the creeks for them big smallies because the thing about the smallies, you usually have to walk the creek and work for them and. And uh, a lot of times they'll be less pressured. And if you can get on a hole of them, you can pull, you know, five, six, seven out of a hole. And in my opinion, they're the best pound for pound fighting fish you'll ever catch. Like I said, that's just my personal opinion, but I love smallmouth bass. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I've caught my share of smallies and there's nothing like a giant smallie. And, um, but my uh, question I had though, now, are you able to, with those smallies, are you able to fish them year round or is that kind of more of a seasonal thing? Okay, so the smallies hit the creeks around here. Honestly, I've just the last couple weeks been able to fish the smallies in the creeks. Now, you can fish them in the river clear up to where it gets wintertime. And, I mean, technically, you could catch them in the wintertime. Now, the bite's not going to be great. It's kind of like largemouth fishing where you may get one to hit a jig or something. Uh, and the rivers, because we get all the snow, the river, uh, once the snow melts, the rivers get really, really high. So, it's kind of unsafe. But what happens, so the creek that I fish in front of my house that has smallies in it, the smallies actually will dip out of there come wintertime and they'll go to the higher waters which they'll go down into the river and then once june floats back around they all come flooding back into this creek uh here in front of my house and just uh, or and stay and spend their summer in the nicer calmer water so it's so so it is it is a timed thing basically with the smallies fish in the creeks for sure and then the rivers you can get them all summer but like i said when wintertime comes around here we literally all have to be trout fishermen <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that though being able to break break up the creeks and kind of get all your different species taken care of though it is it is nice it is nice and it and it makes it nice of course for youtube videos is having videos of smallies and largies and then the trout videos are always fun just because it's such a beautiful species of fish absolutely i agree well with uh you mentioning youtube there um let's transition here how when did you decide what made you make you decide to start a youtube channel uh well so I guess a little bit of my history. So I was actually a sports cinematographer uh, covering high school football, college football, previous to me becoming a fisherman. Like I said, so I'm 33. I didn't start fishing till I was 30 years old. So literally from the first time I ever went fishing, I went and took a trout magnet and I went and caught like 50 bluegill wasn't able to catch any fish on my own hardly took that trout magnet and went and caught like 50 bluegill and I was on top of the world I filmed that video I do believe it's on Instagram if anybody wants to go check it out uh, but then I I just kind of evolved from there became a better fisherman uh, I honestly the way I learned how to fish was from YouTube like I full out learned how to catch all my fish from YouTube videos everything I needed uh, from setting up my rod to buying a rod to putting line on my pole to tying the knot I mean all of that I learned from YouTube fishing and so basically it uh, because I had my background in cinematography as soon as i caught that first fish i was like man this is something that i just have to film and a lot of the area that i live in is so beautiful that i understand that most people don't have access to so being able to share something that i love in a place i love was just kind of an instant thing for me yeah i mean being from the area there, there's nothing that beats the four seasons that you get up north and that's something i miss down in florida florida i have one season and that's summer year mm -hmm. round. And, and, I, and I, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not complaining. I mean, I'm complaining now because it's a hundred out, but at Christmas when, you know, we're eating brunch on the beach, I, I got, I got no complaints, but, but being, 
being able to um, showcase all four seasons on your YouTube channel on top of all the different species that you're able to get into, I think really gives you a nice variety and is really, it's constantly changing up the environment. Like you said, the seasons and everything, I kind of feel like you're always getting fresh content, even if you're kind of fishing the same spot. Yeah, I would, I honestly, I'd have to agree with you. So look, so there's this reservoir I fished in the same week up here in May, in the same week, I went and fished this reservoir. I fished, I filmed a video called fishing pressured waters where I was using a swim jig, uh, cause the swim jig, it doesn't make noise. It's, uh, you can change out the, uh, the trailer profiles, the color. So it's something that you can really go in behind guys and run it through grass. who have been fishing chatterbaits and bladed jigs and things of that nature. And it's, it's a, it's a more finesse approach, but you can still power fish it. Well, I went and filmed that video two days later we got a cold front i went out it was 36 degrees and covered in snow so guess what i have a whole new arena where i'm filming and it's the exact same reservoir but it looks completely different and we're using completely different lures because we have the temperature drop so even in the same season i'm getting to film multiple different seasons <laughs> if you understand what i'm saying so yes it does help greatly with content oh yeah i mean as long as you can get the the fish to cooperate with that sun uh, temperature change that's like, the most important exactly and that that always seemed to be my problem was getting the fish to cooperate with that with that sun temperature change but you know i mean you know like you said though i mean you get that snow on the ground i mean even with that snow on the ground i mean it sure you're gonna get the creeks flooded after everything kind of melts away but um i used to enjoy it when the snow was on the ground easy to travel uh you know everything was matted down from the snow um you know, easy to see. You could get out there super early. You could get out there late. I mean, the visibility with snow on the ground is tremendous. And, and, um, you know, I, I personally enjoyed it. And then, you know, I'd get into the ice fishing and all that is, you know, later in the winter, but, um, you know, <laughs> getting, but also getting that late, that late, uh, snowstorm in May or whatever, kind of, you're kind of over it at that point. You're ready to kind of start getting that summer patterns going. Oh, so over it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i hear you i mean i'm done with the shovel in the driveway the uh, putting salt out you know just 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 making it a, a chore just to get the mail and 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 uh i'm ready to go wait in some creeks and go to some big lakes and start getting into some smallies and some largies but um so with that being said um i think your youtube channel name is kind of interesting with oh my larry and i'm sure I know you've, I, I've heard you answer this before, but for those that don't know, if you could tell the story on how you came up with that name, um, I'd really appreciate it. Okay. So, uh, so, uh, my YouTube channel is all my Larry fishing as well as all my other social medias, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube. So basically the story behind all my Larry fishing is my fiance's grandfather is the one who, I mean, I'll go down there. So he has a lake at his house where I was honestly, it, it was a tremendous help to me because it was where I could actually go and practice fishing. I mean, full out practice fishing. There's a little John boat there. It's like a little three, four acre lake. Uh, so I would go down there all the time. Well, well, so even now I'll still go down there and he'll just be like, Hey, come to the garage and he'll open up a box and he'll give me bass lures and all this stuff. And he's, he's, he's the person, uh, Larry is the person who 
got me into fishing as so basically anything I didn't learn on YouTube I learned from Larry and he was someone who was supportive he, he was very supportive and he's a great man he's a Vietnam veteran uh, he's just been a, a very very big impact not only in my life but my fishing life as well so that's why I decided to dedicate my channels to Larry uh, like I said he's a Vietnam vet probably the best trout fisherman I've ever been around in my life but he's just been so supportive of me he actually uh, I think Larry's uh, 71 or 72 the way he if it is so if he's learning about a new lore or how to catch steelhead or some type of fish that we don't have an area where he's planning a trip he goes to youtube i mean so everybody uses youtube nowadays but so that's a little backstory with not getting it too long it is dedicated to my girlfriend or my fiance's grandfather who he's pretty much like my grandfather i mean he does everything like when i go to put brakes on my car i go to his garage and he does it with me you know what i mean it's just oh, yeah. we, we have a very very close relationship and he's helped me a whole lot through fishing and taking me on a bunch of trips and he always makes sure uh line he's got it for me you know so yeah. uh, so everything's dedicated to larry so where'd the uh oh my come from okay so the oh my the oh my so uh, this was just this was just um uh happenstance i guess you would say so when we first started fishing me and larry would be going around so what we would fish with because it's it's what i recommend everybody to start fishing with is black sankos we would just go around the lake throat beating the bank with black sankos catching fish and every time i would get a hook i wouldn't uh hook set or a uh, fish bite i wouldn't even realize that i was saying it but i'd be like oh my oh my oh my and then i would say oh my larry because he was there with me so then yeah. we ended up on oh my larry fishing and then still if you watch my videos if i hook into a big fish it's just out of habit you'll hear me say oh my and it and like i said i don't plan to do it it's just something that happens when i hook into a fish so now we have oh my larry fishing yeah it I think it's a very, very catchy name, and I think the story is even better. Um, having somebody like that in your life that you can go to that's from fishing to, you know, everyday life lessons is is something that I know, you it's, you know, just by listening to you talk about it, I know you don't take it for granted, and I know you appreciate every minute with the man. So paying homage to him with your YouTube channel, um, I, I find – really awesome but the, the one question i have though does he watch your youtube channel yeah he does he's actually uh so when i first started putting the videos on youtube he was actually the only one who was watching my videos <laughs> on youtube so like people would see him on uh People would see them on Facebook, you know, Instagram, because they're, I mean, you can put them in groups so you can at least get them around like-minded people. YouTube's yeah. one of those things where you just got to keep popping out videos and hope that you're, you're going to hit that right algorithm. You know what I mean? YouTube's yeah. going to agree with what you're doing, which I think now finally my channel is, is uh, you know, after about two years worth of constantly uploading videos i think now it's finally just to the point where the algorithm i've been there long enough uh I, i'm doing what youtube wants now but yes larry was the one who who was the one who would ask me he'd be like why didn't you put that video on youtube yet i'd have it on facebook and instagram but not youtube and so <laughs> so honestly if it wasn't for him my videos probably wouldn't have got uploaded as quickly to youtube it, it, it's so funny you say that because you know like i have like my parents and when my grandparents were alive like seeing them even have anything to do with social media or how to know how to even navigate on YouTube or Facebook or like I, I had my, my wife's grandma um, the other day was using emojis and, <laughs> and she's 89 years old and she's using emojis. And I'm like, I, I just, I still just can't even fathom that. You know what I mean? That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> so, um, so now you said you've been on YouTube for, for two years and two years. two years. And I know the struggle is real, especially for 
the first six months coming out the gate. I know, you know, you start off, you get your friends and family and a few randoms here and there. And it gets frustrating because you got, you got what you think is quality videos going out and people aren't watching them. And I don't think it's necessarily people won't watch them as much as it is just getting in, in front of them. And so you mentioned the, the YouTube algorithm for anybody that's not familiar with that, if you could explain that a little bit. Okay, so the algorithm actually originally was not YouTube. So the algorithm comes from Google. And uh, so the only reason I know this is I ran a podiatry office in Nashville when I was in college. So I went to college in Nashville. I lived in Nashville for a while too. But uh, so uh, the, the Google algorithm is called SEO optimization. And what that means is you just basically, so if they you're, you're appeasing Google. So if you're appeasing YouTube, guess what you're doing? You're appeasing Google. So if you're using the algorithm on YouTube, when some, so if you search all my Larry fishing on Google, I, my pages all are what pop up because I have Facebook and uh, Instagram, Twitter, and they're all underneath the same email. And then, so that's just a small step of the algorithm. So they're just all underneath the same email. So that way, when you search it, uh, Google knows that, Hey, all these same pages are this guy's. So when we're searching this, so that's just one little simple thing of it, but with not getting, Getting too in-depth technical with the YouTube algorithm, the best thing I can tell you is so like, you know how YouTube started doing the shorts now, right? Yes. So if they give you anything like that, do the shorts, uh, upload videos as often as possible, spend time on the platform watching other people's videos, fishing videos. I mean, what's it hurt to leave a comment on another guy's video? Because guess what? Your, your channel page is in that comment section for forever, and I can't tell you how many subscribers I've got just from commenting on somebody's video saying, hey, nice video. Someone sees, hey, uh, sees all my Larry fishing, and they click on it, and then bam, I got a new sub by just commenting on another's video, uh, another person's video and supporting them. So, But you want to spend time on the platform. You want to upload as many videos as possible, but then so when you upload your video, when you go through the settings, there's I, I'm not sure if you're aware, but so when you, when you go – to edit video and you go to your settings and there's a little click where it's a show more button and you can set your language for your video, which for us is English United States. You do that for your title, English United States. Then it'll ask you if your content has ever been on uh, TV in the U S you'll put no, unless of course you're famous and you've had your content on TV already. <laughs> yeah. But, and then, and then you want a proper tag, but you don't want to over tag. So that's another problem. So if, if you just put 90 tags in there, just trying to hit on everything, that video is going to get bumped way down because YouTube knows you're trying to mess with the algorithm. So basically just follow the rules and, uh, and upload as much as possible. And then the only thing is you got to catch fish. That's the main thing. You have to catch fish. That's if you're trying to do a fishing YouTube. Now, if you're just doing a tip YouTube, do a tip every day, you know. But if you're if you're trying to be a YouTube fisherman and actually be fishing on your channel, you do have to go out and catch fish and then watch some videos on how to edit. And then YouTube will also put out tip videos for like YouTube creators. Subscribe to all those channels because when something new pops out, they will tell you, hey, we got shorts coming. This is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to need to do. And this is going to help you. So, so just pay attention and YouTube will ask you things. And just, just as long as you follow those, I know it doesn't sound that simple, but it really, really, really is. And as long as you follow that and you keep working hard, uh, like I have a video that has, that I posted eight months ago that has like 150,000 views of me catching a bluegill. Like, so there's really no rhyme or reason of why a video will just go crazy. It's just that video happened to go crazy. That's why you need to keep shooting your shot as much as possible. And, and that's a great point because I have I one of my worst videos that I have, and I have probably running around 50 videos, was a video when I caught a 30-pound bag 
uh, bag from the bank. And, you know, the, 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 the thumbnail was good. The video was great. And that's one of my lowest view videos. And I thought for sure that was going to be one of the ones that was going to, was going to, you know, kind of go up. And then I have like a random one where, where like, I don't really catch anything and I'm doing something kind of basic and I got majority of my view, you know, views. And it's just so random, like you said, and no rhyme or reason, you know, and, and it's just, it's just like you said, you just got to keep plugging away and putting content out. And, but the, the, but the one thing that I don't think people realize, um, and if you want to touch on it is the length of a video. And there's a lot of different things out there where people say, you know, I've heard eight minutes is the algorithm. I've heard 10 minutes. Um, I've heard a couple and I kind of, what's your take on what you think the, the perfect length video for YouTube, what, what are you trying to hit when you put a video out? Okay. So when I, when I put a video out, I'm looking to go, I'm looking to go. So my biggest video is only three minutes long. And when I tell you that now, honestly, if I'm being 100% honest with you and all the listeners, uh, if I could pick any other video for my page to have blown up, it would have not been that one. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah. one, it was just one I yeah. caught a big fish, thought it was cool, put it up there for some content. I mean, granted, it's a fine video. I worked hard editing it, sure. but it's just, it's, I'm a bass fisherman and it's a big old bluegill. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but it's, uh, <clears throat> It's I don't I don't I don't really know uh, if I would have to pick a time. So that one was three minutes. That one was three minutes. Now look, I think they've shortened the algorithm because now we're in the give it to me now generation. Yes. So I'm seeing a lot of videos in the three to five minute range go for like 22 million views. But also saw so, so the way I feel is either try to hit like a three to eight minute view, or uh, video, or go for the 25 to 30 minute long. Yeah, you know, and that's that's I go back and forth on on what I try to, you know, like you said, I, I, I'm either trying to go with the three to five, but then I watch a, actually everything I watch on, on TV is YouTube fishing. So, you know, I'll watch a lot of Lojo from the Guggen squad. I'm sure you're yeah. familiar with them. Absolutely. And, and, you know, most of his videos are in the 17 to 23, 24, occasional 35, occasional 14 flares from the Guggen. He's always got long videos. So, and then the Guggen videos are all long. And those are just the guys that come up the top of my head. And, but so, you know, I always thought like under the impression of, okay, they got, we'll just say a, a 20 minute video for easy math here. And, you know, so with the algorithm, with everybody watching, if they can get 12 minutes of watch time out of there, it'll, you know, they're watched being on such a long video with it'll, it'll get their watch time up and therefore it'll recommend their video to other people's pages. Now I could be, I could be wrong. That's just, I think somebody told me that, but I, I guess I couldn't figure out why, why these guys are having these 20, 25 minute videos, especially when guys like them do it for their, for their, that's their career. And I feel like, if, I feel like they could get away if they could get away with uh, consistently six, eight minute videos, they would, if that makes sense. Okay. I'll tell you why they do the 25, 30 minute videos. Also, I mean, sometimes you just catch so many fish that like you sure. have, it's, it's yeah. going to have to be longer, sure. but also, but that's not, that's not why. So the longer your video, if you're getting people to watch longer videos, that's more ads YouTube can put in your video, which means you can make more money. So a three minute video, you may get one ad, you maybe get one at the end. So you're going to get paid off those ads, but you're only going to get uh you're, you, so you're only going to get paid off that one ad. If they put six ads in your video and people view them or somebody clicks on that six chances you have to get paid as opposed to the just one in the 30 minute video, if you understand what I'm saying. So it gives you more ad opportunity with the longer video, but also it may hurt your algorithm. So that's the other thing is YouTube's 
YouTube and Google, it's, a, it's like I said, it's it's sort of a shot in the dark sometimes. It's really a matter of working hard and putting out that content because you never know. You could film a video of your shoes and it get a million views. You know what I mean? I mean, I hate yeah. to say it like that, yeah, but yeah. but but sometimes it does seem like that, which it's not. It's not, of course, like that. But it's but sometimes it can seem like that with YouTube. That I'm trying to say that so people don't get defeated. You know what I mean? Because it does take time. Well, and I can't believe I didn't think of that because with the ads and everything. Because I mean, let's be honest. How many? How long can you watch? flair feed his animals you know <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah i mean and i love flair and i love his i, I love him but you know it makes sense now after you say that that that's why and i you know money money rules the world and it's everything so it makes perfect sense on why they did that um so you know far as the youtube shorts go i have a question i'm real really curious on your answer to that but i I have it's part of the Facebook questions I have, so I'm gonna leave everything with the YouTube Shorts towards the end, if that's okay. Yeah, that's and, fine. Um, come back and, but uh, that's something that I think is really interesting, and it's kind of the next, it's the next big thing on YouTube. So, so now, um, for somebody that's just starting, starting off on YouTube, I, one of the things that for the videos that I've watched for. You know, I watch other YouTube videos on how to create a good YouTube channel. And and one of the things they say is to be consistent on your uploads. If you want to upload twice a week, do it twice a week. If Consistently, if you want to, you know, just do uh, once a week, do it once a week and try to, for your audience sake, if you want to upload every Monday, upload every Monday and try to be consistent because your audience is going to be waiting for that upload on Monday. How do you feel about that? Okay, I'm I'm 50-50 on it because um, – so if you're doing something like we're doing where we're fishing, uh, man, we could come to Monday around here and I could have a hurricane or I could have snow. Like yeah. it was just, I just can't go film a video. You know what I mean? So yep. I, I, I believe that you, uh, now the set times, if you're doing like a TV show or you're an information thing and people are going to be looking for you, uh, I, I believe that you should probably have a set schedule. Now, when you're doing something outdoors like us, I think you should shoot for a set amount of videos a week. So like me, I try to get three videos a week. If I can get four or five, great. Uh, but I shoot for three videos a week. And those could come out on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, eight o'clock, four o'clock. It uh, it doesn't matter. Just as long as I can get that content and get it out there for the outdoors channel stuff. And ever since I've been doing at least three videos a week, uh, my YouTube channel. I mean, all my subscribers are honestly from the last two two and a half months. It's really? Just, yeah, it's just been uh, it's been going crazy. It's I, I'm blessed. Like I I mean I am. 100% blessed. I mean, Bass, a lot of people have seen me through Bass Slinger, so I greatly appreciate you guys. But yeah, pretty much all of them. I had, uh, I had probably like 25 for, uh, subscribers here two and a half months ago, and now we're uh, coming up on a thousand. And uh, if I meet the if I meet the hours requirement, which I think I do, I'll be able to monetize. That's well, that's the goal, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure that was your. I mean, I'm not saying your main goal, but I, I mean, that's always one of your goals. Where yeah, it's it, it'd be nice to be able to monetize. I mean, on top of getting to being able to monetize, you, you know, you're you're going down the road you want to go, and your subscribers are go, growing, your audience is growing, and and you know that's that's um you know I hope to be there one day. And I, for me, for example, I I'm about a year and a month into it, and it, it, it's it's been rough at times. I'm sitting about 250 subs, and. It, it, as you know, it, it comes and goes. I'll get five subs in one day and then I'll go a week with none. And, and, you know, you'll put out a good video and you'll expect to get a little, little rub here and there from somebody and get it moving up, but nothing. And it, it's just, YouTube is something that if anybody that's listening, 
what is you're you're thinking about getting started you have to have patience and you can't get frustrated because if if you get frustrated you'll you'll never grow and you'll never succeed and you know for me having 250 subs and I probably know 50 of them you know maybe 55 of them and and being able to get random people to sub on your channel that you don't know it's kind of makes you feel good that people are actually taking the time to watch your videos and not even knowing you. Oh, it's a it's a great feeling, man. You and I, I mean, honestly, one of the most important things, like you said, be patient, keep your head up, because it, it can just happen at any time. And if you look at a lot of these pages, I mean, people just ex uh, assume that somebody made a video and it just went straight viral those videos that you see the one-offs that go viral you never hear from those people again it's these people that have been grinding for the better part of five ten years i mean i mean like i said i know most of my subscribers have come for the last two and a half months but man i've been making social video uh, social media videos for the last 10 years i mean i've dedicated my life to this you know what i mean it just happens i i found i guess my niche in in the social media world and something that i love doing and i guess that you can see that i'm passionate about when i'm filming you know what i mean but yeah keep yeah. Your, keep your head up guys because they can happen at any time. I mean, that one video took off for me and it just, it's, it's been a snowball effect since then. And like I said, I'm just, I'm super blessed, man. Yeah. And, and another thing that, that I I've learned and I'm sure you learned is, you know, just cause you go out with the GoPro on your chest or on your head or wherever you had it or set up on the shore or on the bank, you know, I mean, doesn't mean you're going to catch fish and get a video, you know, it's sometimes you got to fish two days in a row. Sometimes Sometimes you, like you said earlier with the weather, sometimes you'll try to get out and the weather won't cooperate or what have you. And you just don't catch any fish and it's frustrating, especially if you're out there in the element trying to grind out and, and make it work. But, um, that, that was something that, that took me, um, a little bit to get used to when I got started. I, I wanted to get right out, catch my fish, show my fish off and get rolling. But it, it kind of felt like, um, you know, like, like, Okay, you got the camera. Now it's kind of like almost like a jinx. You know, you're not going to catch nothing. You're not going to catch that giant you've been catching, you know. And so so just staying in it and, and not getting frustrated, you're going to have days where you're just not going to catch anything and it's going to be tough to grind out a video if you, I'm, I'm sure you've been through that i have it's everybody so that is you you said it perfect man everybody expects you just turn on that gopro and the fish just catch themselves you know what i mean that's just <laughs> that's just not the way it is but hey what i always tell everybody 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 look you watch these pro bass fishermen that get paid to go fish for a living these guys will go fish a tournament on national tv and come back with with one 1.8 pound fish or no fish for the day and yeah. these guys are get paid to do it it happens man there's sometimes you just made the cast an inch to the left or an inch to the right and you didn't get the bite you know what i mean so yeah. it's it's fishing but that's also what keeps us coming back i mean i i mean now i granted i would love to go i feel like i'm addicted enough to where i could go every time and just wreck 50 fish and want to go back every time but <laughs> yeah. they say that's why it's called fishing and not catching <laughs> i you know yeah i agree and and you know being in florida and people see i, I i'm lucky enough to have gotten into some some pretty good bass and well, people don't, you know, I got a, a seven on there or whatever, but I put 40 hours of casting. They're all not probably, you know, 25 hours of fishing that week just to catch that fish. It's not just always, you know, just walk out and 10 minutes later, you got that giant, that giant. And I, I, I kind of, for me, I just get a little frustrated with that because I've mentioned on a couple other podcasts where, kind of the notion is being in Florida that five pounders just grow on trees, you know, and that is the notion. That is the notion. <laughs> and believe me, there's a lot of very big fish down here. And 
um, to certain times of the year, you can get a lot, easy, a lot easier than other times. And during spawn, if you've got some good spots and, and I'm fortunate enough that I do have a few good spots, uh, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to catch two or three, five pounders, um, in one afternoon, but, um, you know, to me, that's not a product of me. I'm just happy to lucky enough to be in front of the fish and at a, and kind of have a clue of what, what they want to eat, you know? And, yeah. and, um, but in the summertime though, it's like, man, I go just about every night and, you know, I caught a four pounder last night and that's the first good one I've caught and all week and over the weekend and, in a hey, week and a hey, half. Hey, four pounders a hog, man. I don't care what anybody's I know. Four pounder is a tank. Look, the only thing, so there's a misconception with the down south stuff because you know as well as I do in the in the bass fishing community, for whatever reason in any community, uh, you, you'll have guys comment down south, like you'll post a picture of a three pounder and they'll be like, oh, we got the eight pounders down in Texas or Florida. That's a, yeah. that's bait where I'm from. You know what I mean? So there is yeah. a misconception that you guys are just every cast wrecking up, like you just shaking off three pounders you know what I mean? yeah, I and know. It's, it's not like that i know it don't matter where you go you have to work to catch big fish they're smarter they've been around a while yeah and that's well said and and, and you add in this time of year these fish go if, if you're in a body of water uh, this time of year i try to fish smaller bodies of water mm-hmm. somewhere where i can get to 95 percent of the water i'm fishing because these big bass go deep they do and if, and if you're in a bigger body of water from the bank it don't matter what you're throwing. You're not even fishing for them. And see, that's why you've seen my last couple of videos be creek fishing videos. Yeah, I, exactly. I knew I was down in West Virginia fishing where I do have a John boat and I was cranking the trenches and they were sitting about 10 feet off the cover. And I was like, man, I will never bank fish this. So I was like, it's time for the smallies now. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you can't, and you can get on some of them. If you launch a whopper plopper out there, you know, 60 yeah, yards sure. out and yeah. bring one back along some, some cover that's sitting off bank. But yes, it does make it. Now, if you have a boat, it's a lot easier, but yeah, summertime oh, sure. bank fishing, yeah. uh, unless you got a lot of cover or mats to flip or something, man, it can be tough yeah and and you know i mean not to pity me being in florida i don't mean it like that but um like you get this time of year too where it's so hot that it being outside for you know more than a couple hours you really can't do it you can't you can't midday fish down here right now and i'm just south of tampa and so you know you, you try to get that morning bite you try to get that evening bite and i mean bugs are everywhere so i don't even count that but um that that heat just gets so hot and trying to grind trying to grind out like tournaments and everything Mm -hmm. um it's it really is tough and but 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 with that being said though if you can grind out and you can get out there and stay out there you do got being in florida you do got a better chance that you you know you could get that fluky giant and 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 it happens you know i i won last week and i wasn't expecting it but you know, it's Florida, the, you know, they grow in trees. So I was happy to pull it off the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, um, when you're headed out to the Creek or you're kind of taking the John boat out, are you taking the same camera equipment out for both? Or are you kind of downsizing and just wearing like a chest cam when you go out in the creeks? Okay. So actually, uh, my setup is the same, no matter what I am doing. So I have the actual GoPro chest mount. So it's the actual one that has the strap, uh, that it just, it's almost like a seatbelt in the front where it just clicks in. I'm not sure which GoPro you, uh, chest mount you have but i have the actual gopro one uh that i was actually gifted for my birthday last year which i was super stoked about but uh so i have the actual gopro chest mount and then what i actually carry is so i carry uh you know those like uh backup charger charging banks yep i have one i use it okay too. 
Okay, yep. so so look, it's way lighter than carrying a bunch of battery packs and stuff. And then also, yep. I'm not trying to drop a battery, uh, $150 battery pack in the creek. So what I do is I carry one of those backup chargers, my GoPro charger, my chest mount, my camera, and my fishing gear. That's it. I try to go light as possible because 99% of the time, I'm bank fishing. And then also, uh, if you're someone who's starting out as fishing, unfortunately, you're probably going to have to lug all your gear because you haven't figured out what works for the proper conditions. But honestly, now when I go shooting, uh, a lot of my videos this year, I've not even – I now I take all my tackle with me in my car it's in the trunk but i will literally just rig up uh what i'm gonna fish with that day because i'm somewhat confident in the conditions that i'm using in one backup i'll stick it in my pocket and i'll go walk down the bank with my gopro uh because it's just so much more enjoyable walking with just my pole and my bait in my hand instead of uh carrying my bag and having to lug it around and walking a mile around the reservoir so so i'm a, i'm a light pack guy and also i'm what i guess you would consider a power fisherman like i absolutely love kevin van dam so i mean i'm whipping stuff through there i'm moving kind of constantly i mean i will slow down and flip but uh I, like i said i'm i'm a power fisherman i like i like lighter gear uh well not lighter gear but like i a lighter load when i'm going fishing so you, you're probably the guy then that'll walk the lake three times constantly moving yeah and another thing i'm the guy too so also look if you ever see anybody fishing an area don't shy off away from it unless you two are throwing the exact same bait and even still don't shy off from it. Cause look, man, I'm somebody that I believe if I'm throwing something different than you and the way I work my bait, like with the jerk bait, I don't know if you've ever seen Kevin Van Dam work a jerk bait. I'll throw, I'll, like I said, with the crank baits earlier, I'll throw a jerk bait in the same spot 50 times and I will pop that thing as hard as I can. Because if there's a school of fish in there, if you can just get one to get fired up and bite, you can usually get multiple bites yes. out of it. So I may, I may have walked, you know, 500 yards, and you caught one fish standing in the same spot, but I done got the school fired up and I'm on them for the next 30, 35 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Um, uh, I, I'm one that I usually don't move too much and I will move. I have no problem moving, but I'm also the guy, like I've said before, where man, unless I'm fishing somewhere close and I just make like a little carry bag yeah. and I, I got my backpack. I got my, I got a, uh, a rod like carrying thing now that's really nice i got it from cabela so i got it kind of posts up on the bank and into a tripod and so i got three three rods in there real light easy to tap uh easy to carry but you know i got the backpack and i i've been wanting to down if i if i'm in my kayak i'll downsize but if i'm bank fishing man it's just like it's just like man well i gotta need the scale i gotta need the pliers well yeah i better take, I better take my soft plow i'm always gonna have my soft plastics but then i'm like oh you never know i'm probably gonna need those rattle traps well <laughs> if i got if i got the rattle traps then i better have the crank baits and and then the jerk baits and i i can never talk myself down from just like making like just a little you know one of them little uh little containers with just because you know the rattle traps like i said I'm going to take my container of rattle traps, 50 rattle traps. I'm going to throw two of them, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I got my favorites. And, and so that's one thing I think I, I keep saying I'm going to do it. I just need to downsize and then, and then I'll be able to power fish like, like you, everything you just said. And, and I think it's, it's two different styles of, of fishing, but I think they're both, but you know, staying still and, and walking both effective. And like you said, though, you get that, you can find that school, you get them fired up, man. It, it's going to be a good time for the next half hour. So. Well, and another thing I would like to say about, so since you mentioned stationary fishing, so guys, if you're fishing stationary and you ever wonder why, uh, so say you're fishing a brush pile, that's got like a good ambush point on the corner of the bass want to sit off. So say you're fishing there for like 15, 20 minutes, and you don't get a bite. And then all of a sudden a bass swims in and you flip in there and get a bite. Look, those ambush points. So if a bass isn't feeding, 
he's probably not going to be sitting on that ambush point. So you'll see three, four multiple fish because that's the good ambush point. That's where the bait fish come through. I've yep. had literal same points where I've went back at 30 minutes at a time and just went back and saw a fish uh, laying there and flip a Berkeley pit boss in there and just say it was like an automatic bite. So if you are a stationary fisherman, you could have fish. If you're in a good spot, you could have different multiple fish swimming in because, hey, I'm hungry now. I'm going to go sit here and wait for something to float by me. And as soon as you flip it in there, they smack it. So stationary fishing, don't get me wrong, is a great way to fish, and I do do it. It's just like I said, I, I'm a very high motor person, and we're usually <laughs> doing some running around. I, I can just tell by – it's just your excitement talking to you. I, I already knew you were a power fisherman. I could just tell. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell by your energy. I, you just can't. Yeah, I could. You just can't sit still. And you, when you get out there, you're probably so excited, and you're just going a mile a minute. I do. I love to fish, man, and, and I put all my energy into it. And I do have high energy, and so it. I. I guess I'm a high energy fisherman. Literally, from the first time I ever saw Kevin Van Dam talking about fishing, I was like, dude, this this guy is my spirit fisherman. Like he he is who I'm meant to fish like. And so, and I didn't think you could fish like that. Like. And that's another thing people, uh, a mistake that beginning fishermen make, they think they have to work their bait like so perfect and so easy. Mm -hmm. Not, nah, man, work that thing as fast as you can, as erratic as you can. I mean, it's great. Bump it off something, dude, because that's when you're going to get on it. You may get a couple little ones to hit. The biggest fish I've caught, I mean, I have crazy burning a crankbait or, or flipping a jig in the thickest stuff and bouncing it. You know what I mean? So don't, yeah. so don't think that you just have to do the finesse lightly flipping. Now, some days you do have to just pitch a Sanko and let it drop all nice. But a lot of times, man, you can use that erratic stuff and get a lot of good bites. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That's something that I, I've been doing a lot lately. And, and it's surprising me actually being down here, how hot it is, 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 um, I'm just absolutely ripping a rattle trap right now. And I never would have thought with the, how hot the water is. What I'm doing now is I, I'm ripping the rattle trap right off a ledge and, and you know, I'm smoking that thing, man. And then I'm just dropping and pausing just for a second. Yep. And then as soon as I start going again, they're just tearing it up. And, and I think what it is, is I'm not giving them a chance to decide if they want it or not. They're a predatorial fish. So, so they see that, that, food that shad coming in you know if you're slow rolling a senko and they're not eh, i could eat i couldn't eat yeah they might let it go but if they're kind of on the fence and that sexy shad comes flying in bro you know as well as i do nine times out of ten they're gonna take that and another thing you mentioned ledges. If you guys have ledges, run a crankbait or a lip or a lipless crankbait like one of those route traps over top of those ledges because those fish will sit right under those ledges. You run that along there enough times, they're going to pop out there and smoke it. And I have the best analogy in the world for running a crankbait quick. Look, so you like you said, the fish doesn't think about it; he just reacts. It's like a major league baseball player taking a 99 mile an hour fastball. He's either hitting it or he ain't. You know what I mean? You're either yeah. swinging from the release or you're not. It's the same with the fish: is he aggressive or is he not? you're going to find the aggressive ones and then if you want to slow down and fish the hole with the sanko or whatever you know you can do that but uh but i'm telling you rip it through there man because it's like exactly what josh said is that it, you don't give them a chance to think about it they'll just smoke and i think there's treb hooks on it it's plastic if they don't get a real good look at it they don't know it's not a bait fish i mean if you look at bait fish or bass chasing bait fish dude they're going way faster than you could ever crank that crankbait with the highest gear ratio and they're still catching them minis so trust me you ain't going too fast yeah and that's I think that's hard for people to um, grasp too. Is especially if you're new to fishing, where mm -hmm. is the speed that you can retrieve that bait? Sometimes it still is nothing compared to how that with that bass could go. You know, and not a thing, not a thing. And and it it, it, it can to watch that in the water, and you're zipping that rattle trap or that crankbait in, and 
you know, you see that and, and it is hard to believe, but then when all of a sudden you see that bass, like that four, I caught a four pounder the other night and watching him torpedo in for that, that fish had no effort, no effort to catch up to mm. that, to that rattle trap. He, he, he closed down 20 feet in seconds. And you and, know when it, and you know, it's, it's such a fun bite too, because oh, it yeah. just stops, dude. Mm-hmm. It'll just stop and you just lean into her, man. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, oh man, I, I, and I, I have that occasionally here where uh, this spot where I come off the ledge and it gets real shallow for like 20 feet right in front of me. So a lot of times I'm pulling fish from this hole and they'll chase it in. And not all times, not every time do they jump at it, but this one just, he came and came and, and I, I saw, I saw him turn at the last second to grab it. But, but like you said, it was just all of a sudden it was just like, boom, Rod just stopped. And, and just to feel that excitement and then you see that fish immediately, you know, and you, you're anticipating it. it, it and it could be tough to hook too. Cause it, and, mm-hmm. like, and with the, like, that's, I think that's why I'm so poor at, um, at frog fishing because the anticipation waiting a second or two, when that frog goes down, man, I just can't do it. I can't, I, I get too excited and I just start ripping and, and, uh, I end up losing them a lot, but, um, all right. Well, I wonder, um, another kind of thing I'm kind of interested in for you as far as YouTube with your content um, with all the different species. And, you know, we talked about the seasons and different things. So when you're kind of rigging up your gear and you're the night before you want to go out, how do you decide what kind of content you're going to do the next day? Is it all based on time of year and what species you can get on? Or do you kind of, are you just trying to kind of keep it fresh and switch it up all the time? Okay, so it's about 50-50. It's, it's half planned, and then, like, the body of water, of course, is planned. I choose it. It's honestly a gut feeling. Like, honestly, I mean, uh, I, I kind of get told. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'll wake up, and it'll be, like, number four re- reservoirs where you need to go today, man. So I'll go yeah. out there and film number three reservoir, go hit the creek today. Like, I don't know. It's kind of a gut thing. And then the other 50% of it is just what happens while I'm fishing. I may go with the idea of throwing a jerk bait and – all of a sudden the grass has grown up and it's summertime and I just can't rip it through there. So, all right, we got to switch it up. And so it's, it's part conditions, part weather, part what's happening that day on the reservoir and part what, uh, what I catch now, uh, half the time I'll, pick a bait and it'll just go and work perfect and I'll shoot a video. And then other times it won't work perfect. I won't get a bite and I have to figure out something on the fly to try to catch fish. And then we have a whole new video that we're shooting, which, which can be fun too. It can be a little bit frustrating, but it can be fun. But also if you're doing something like this, like we said before, it's, it's not, you don't just hit record on the GoPro and bam, you have a YouTube video. You got to go catch fish. Then you got to figure out how to edit your video. Then you got to figure out how to market it. So there's a lot that goes into it, but it's, it's honestly, it's, it's a lot of fate a lot of fade into it, which, you know, fishing is, I mean, some days you're on the fish, some days you're not. So a lot of my videos, like I said, I've been very, very blessed, man. I've got on some good fish, beautiful locations to fish in. Uh, and it's just, I, I don't want to say I've been lucky cause I've worked really, really hard and I go yeah. fishing all the time, man, but you do need a little bit of luck with it and you just need to go and fish as much as possible. Honestly, that's the main thing. Just go fish, go fish and film. Cause that's, that's how you're going to catch fish and get, end up getting awesome videos because you're out there all the time. I mean, the, the more time you spend fishing, the higher, look, you can't catch fish if you're not casting. That's yeah. what I, that's so, so it's, so I, so I do plan them out, but sometimes they don't go according to plan. So if you guys do plan out your YouTube videos and it doesn't go according to plan, some of my best videos, I never planned on filming. You know, it just happened. Like uh, when I caught that big white bass, I, 
was just smacking a jerk bait through a whole ripping largies out of it and all this. I didn't even know there were white bass in there and the big old three pound <laughs> white bass smokes yeah. my jerk bait. You know what I mean? Yeah. So get, so that's the cover of the video. And that was just something that fate had planned for me. You know what I mean? So just go fish, man, go fish, try to have an idea. Of course, pick where you want to go fish, have an idea of what you're going to fish. And then, uh, and then go, go try to catch them, man. So with that being said, if you're out there and you're on a day where you're getting lucky, fish are on fire everything's going accordingly do you try to get multiple videos in filmed and recorded on the same day or, or are you just trying to make that fire video and just stack it up okay so i guess it's i guess it's depending so now when i go to fish the lake in west virginia where i have the john boat sometimes i will shoot multiple videos on that lake just because it's i that's somewhere where i I, I, I'm very, that's my most confident fishing place, I guess you could say. So like, I know a handful of baits that I can be like, all right, I can do maybe a little tip video on this. So that's the only place where I've actually shot multiple tip videos. Any other place I go, uh, I generally will just shoot that one video for the day. And another thing now, if I got to do this full time, you know, once it gets to the point where I'm, I'm full time and able to do this all the time, uh, I'm sure I will be shooting multiple videos in a day and on trips, uh, just to give people content and good content where I have time to do it. But right now, uh, 90% of the time I just go out and I shoot my one video and I just want it to be a good content video. Like I don't want it to, it's not anything forced. It's not me just sitting around telling you how to do something. I actually want to go out and show the viewer how you can catch fish in the conditions on the bait and actually see me working it because I can tell you how I work it all day long. Sure. But until you, until you see me whipping that rod as hard as I can, I mean, I'm six, three, man, I got a wingspan when I come down whipping it. I mean, I, I whip it hard. And if yeah. I'm, planning to do that you're gonna be like oh he's just twitching his rod tip no i'm swinging that rod tip as hard as i possibly can and you can hear it smack in the video so i uh, sorry to go a little bit long on the answer to the question but yeah that's it's it's a little bit planned a little bit not and then not a whole lot of multiple video days but sometimes i will yeah I, i'm kind of the same way I'll, I'll go out like if i'm if i'm going out with the mindset of you know i really want to uh you know try to shoot a top water video this morning I'll go out and I'll put the time in. And even if the bite's not there, I'll still really try to work that top water video. And then if it gets too late, I'll switch over to something. But, but, um, like for instance, you know, you know, for a while there, I, I was really trying to get a video on that Mike Buka's baby, baby bullgill, uh, yeah. swim bait. And I got that in a mystery tackle box. And, um, so I, I'd use it periodically and it, it was a hot and cold bait. And, I got caught some good fish, but I was kind of looking for just a couple more to fill out the video. So I, I'd go out, I'd take it with me. And if fishing was slow, I'd throw, you know, I'd throw that on, give it a cast, you know, occasionally I get lucky and get on one. And then, so I kind of built a video over a span of like three weeks, just kind of in the downtime throwing yeah. it and, and getting, and getting lucky. And, and so, you know, that worked out typically like, 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 like kind of like you said, like typically though, you know, if I'm really on them, I, I've made like a part one and a part two, and it's the same video pretty much, but I just couldn't fit everything on. You know, I'd get into the 20, 22-minute video, and I'd have to, you know, 40-minute video, and I'd have to cut it down into a part one, part two, but it was nothing but action on both of them, and, and I, I wanted to kind of stick with – I mean, the other part two then is being the fisherman kind of almost comes before the YouTube because – if you're on them like that, you just want to keep fishing. You don't want to change up your baits to try to make another video. You don't want to leave to go to another spot to film another video. Man, if you're on them, you want to stay there and stay on them. You do. And another thing, which uh, which honestly, it made the 
probably the biggest difference in my social media videos and gave me confidence is I saw this one boy comment on somebody's video one time. Like, you know how people in groups all the time will ask, hey, if I created a YouTube channel, how many people would watch it? We've all seen yeah. a million of those pages. posts. Well, I got commented one time and he said, man, look, he said, if you're catching fish, we're going to watch. And yeah. that's the tr that is the truest statement I ever heard. So I was like, man, I need to catch fish. I just need to catch fish. And people do like watching big fish. But also, uh, one of my better videos is just uh, dissecting cover with jigs video where I didn't catch any big fish. I caught multiple fish all from this like same little area because, you know, I'm a jigs is just magical, man. Like the jig oh, yeah. is just magic. I don't get it don't understand it i don't even know why it gets bit honestly but man that thing is magic dude it just catches fish but just stuff like that you know what i mean just catching fish is a really really big deal when it comes to being a youtube fisherman yeah it, and i i one of the problems that I, I do notice with other youtube fishermen is um being yourself on camera not trying to be what you see on Guggen. Oh, character. I can't character. stand characters, man. Dude, I want to see you as a person. You're on YouTube, bro. Like, we, we yeah. in Hollywood. Be you. Please be you. Yes. And and more times than not, if, if you're creating a YouTube channel, you'll probably think you're, I don't want to say entertaining, but you'll probably think you're pretty outgoing or you wouldn't have considered. So Absolutely. You know, I, I, like, I want to, when I watch somebody, I want to watch them catch fish uh, talk about what they're doing but i'm okay too if you got a good personality and you let it show and you're yourself and you're mm -hmm. doing it your channel is you you know you're not trying to copy flair i keep saying flair but like you can keep copying the Guggen guys because the Guggen guy seems to be what all the young kids are watching now. That's why they do. They, saying. yeah, they do. They love. And another thing, look, they're the ones who went and did it for all the YouTube fishermen. If we're being honest, yeah, that, that group of guys is the one, they all went and got their individual channels going then they all worked together. And then they, they were all, uh, then the whole Guggen squad came about. So they, YouTube fishing wouldn't be what it is today if it wasn't for those guys. So whether you like them or not, you have to pay homage to the Guggen squad because they are the ones who initially started getting multi millions of views, just Creek fishing and, and just you know what i mean most of their videos were just like videos like uh yours might look at one rod one reel yeah the, uh, dude is always just bank fishing man and he is just a killer channel you know what i mean yeah and and the thing with one rod is dude he just uses his cell phone to record he don't have a gopro nothing well i, I don't who knows what he's got now but yeah um, just up until a couple months ago uh you know i heard him on a podcast and and he was talking about before his hiatus he was straight iphone man yeah, just straight iPhone. So, you know, for anybody listening, you, you don't need to go buy the the top of the line GoPro and all this recording equipment and microphones and everything. If you got a nice cell phone, turn that bad boy sideways, man, and and you 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 can fit screen for YouTube and. And these phones nowadays, man, they take great videos. That's the thing. Turn it sideways, and I will give you guys one of the biggest tips in the world. So with a GoPro, if you're using a GoPro, if you already have a GoPro, and you, you know, not like I said, you're, we just said your cell phone, dude, my iPhone shoots in 4K. Honestly, my iPhone has a little bit of a clearer camera picture than my GoPro. It's just my GoPro is a little bit more accessible. But honestly, so the GoPro app, you can download it to your phone. You bring in your you bring in your images. I can edit a, a full out thirty minute YouTube video on my iPhone, and honestly, I prefer to edit most of my uh, YouTube videos on my iPhone. And I'm talking to you guys on my very nice editing laptop with all my editing software, but the convenience and the simplicity and the quickness that I can put out videos from downloading it from that GoPro app to my iPhone. I mean, 75% of my YouTube videos were edited on my iPhone or an iPad uh, because it has iMovie built in, which is one of my absolute favorite editors, which I did not spend any extra money on. Yep. Um, yeah, it's exactly what I said is what I do. I, I've never 
I've never edited a video on anything but my iPhone and, and I love it. And it like my only knock though, and it's probably because I don't know, but um, for me, the worst part about editing a video is getting it off the GoPro. And yep. <laughs> it, that's, yeah. that's the worst part because it's you know, tedious, man. It's, it's so tedious. tedious. Yeah. And it takes a minute. Cause once, so that's another thing. So when people, so if you're going to start doing this, there's one thing you're going to have time where you're sitting around twiddling your th- thumbs because all right so so you have your uh 17 minute clip or whatever it is in your app from gopro and then you have to trim out you you have to go find and figure out your section because you don't want to download that whole 17 minute video i'm telling you guys don't download the whole 17 find where like what part of the video you want trim it out and then download it to your phone and that'll take anywhere from five to ten minutes just for the video to go from your GoPro to your phone. And then you're going to be doing that multiple times for all your clips in your video. So be prepared to put work into it. I mean, that's the thing. It, there's a lot of that, that intricate behind the scenes stuff that nobody sees that I, I, I can't tell you how many hours of my life I have wasted just by, <laughs> just by downloading footage. Yep. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yep. And I'll add my GoPro. I'll, I'll, I'll mark it. If something good happens that I know I'm going to want in the video, I'll mark it so I have, I can go back and find it. But what I also do too is um, say I catch a good fish and and I obviously I know I'm going to want that. As soon as I'm done with everything in that fish um, and I'm ready to cast again, I just stop recording and start again. So I know it ends that clip. So if I have trouble finding finding that video or I can't find it because I was filming for three, four hours, and there's a lot to find or there's not a lot and you just can't find the clip you're looking for i know it's going to be at the end of one of the videos and, and like you said it's it's not going to be the whole 17 minute clip if it because you know for those that don't know um i don't do the five minute overlay or whatever it's called i just record everything and then i you know sometimes if my memory is getting too big while i'm out there i gotta go in and i gotta just delete a couple random 17 same, minute clips same, same with me man yeah. And, but like, if you're just letting your GoPro run every 17 minutes and some odd seconds, it'll start a new clip. And so if, if you have something that you like and you know, you're going to want just to stop record and then start record. When you go back to edit later, you'll see 17 minutes, 17 minutes. Oh, a 632. Well, that's random. I, you know, either, either I was done for the day or something happened or, I, knowing what I did, I know, okay, that more likely that's probably where the clip is I want. So it saves a lot of, a lot of time there too, but it just getting it sitting there though and finding everything and getting it cut off the GoPro though, is probably the only thing I don't like. And- that's probably uh Josh, that's probably one of the best tips in this entire video is yeah. If you guys catch a big fish or something or somewhere that, you know, for sure you're putting that just pop the record off and then you can just hit record again and it'll start recording, but it will let you know where that clip was. Dude, that was probably one of the best tips in the entire video. Cause that will save people a whole lot of time. Oh, it, and I've lost fish and on video where I know I recorded it, but mm-hmm. for the life of me, I couldn't find it or, or something simple like, um, okay, uh, we'll say there was a three-second clip where a bald eagle came and grabbed the fish yep. five, feet in, five feet in front of you, we'll say. you know, and, and now you're looking through four hours. You're like, I kind of know it happened in the middle. Okay, well, the middle of your recordings, you could have stopped for an hour or the GoPro wasn't on. So you're trying to, you're trying to figure out where the middle of the day was in your recordings, and it never matches up. So now you're watching – all these clips and you can't scroll through it because it was a two second video, you know, or a two second 
something happened that only lasted a couple seconds and trying to get lucky and find that three seconds where it happened. It, I mean, you might, you're going to get lucky and find it quick, but there's going to be a lot of times where you're spending a lot of time trying to find that quick two, three seconds. You might, maybe it's even something that you said, you're like, man, that sounded cool. I want to make sure I put that in the video. And see, well, that's that, probably the hardest man is just yeah. finding a click because you're looking at, you know, if say you're fishing in the same area, you're literally looking at the same backdrop. Yep. While yeah. you're scrolling through for forever, so you literally almost have to sit and watch that hour of footage to get that one clip of you saying that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, dude. Yeah, I know you feel my pain too, man. I feel. I do, man. Pain. I'm glad. I'm glad you're you're in the same boat because it's. I mean, it's all of us, honestly. If you do, if you do it, you 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 under. It's a brotherhood. It should be a brotherhood because we go through the same stuff. Yep, and and another tip that I would recommend for everything that we're saying about going through your GoPro and everything is I would highly recommend not letting that back up. Oh so, yeah. And I've gotten burned. I know you have yep. don't fish the weekend. And then all of a sudden you got three days of edits you're trying to go through. I, I I'm really good about, you know, if I go fishing tonight, if I get an hour before bed, even if I just try to get the main clips off and just get the garbage off there, mm -hmm. it'll be so, and it'll break it down into days on the GoPro app and everything. So you'll, you'll be able to, you know, keep your bearings on all your clips, you know, break it down. But, but then when you got to go back though, and you got to um, edit all that down, cause eventually you're going to need that memory on that card. So eventually that's all got to come off and, and to do it a little bit as a time and keep up on it saves so much time, man. It does. And another thing when you get home that the, the other thing, so I'm, I'm very similar to what you do. A lot of times when I get home from my fishing trip, I'll be tired and I don't want to edit a video when I'm tired and maybe not putting my full 110% into it. So what I would do is I would do like you do. I grab my fish clips off that I know I want in the video, have them on the phone. Always, I usually watch a couple of them because I'm excited because I'm like, well, sure. you know, yeah, I mean? we yeah, all like yeah. watching ourselves catch fish, man. And, uh, and so that's what I'll do. And I'll have those clips. And then I'll, and then, so the next day when I get off work, I can immediately come home and be like, bam, I am editing my video and it's ready to go out for Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you know, all of it. And yeah. it, but it does, it saves a lot of time. All these tips are just great tips. I'm glad you brought that up also. Yeah. And it's, it's all things that took time, took time to learn. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, you can watch a lot of other YouTubers and there's channels built for starting your own, uh, YouTube channel. And, mm -hmm. They'll, 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 get, they'll break a lot of this stuff down, but some of them are a little bit more complicated too. So it, it can be tough to find a lot of basic, basic tips, but, but to give you an example where I got burned. Okay. Well, I was on, I was on the fish for a couple nights in a row and I got lazy and I had, um, I don't mean it gloating or anything, but like I had a couple six pounders. I had a five. I just, the place I was fishing just got hot and I got, yeah. Lazy. Pure lucky, it okay? was one. It was one of those amazing times. Yes, and well, I luckily pulled the fish off because I wanted to show people the clips, right? But there was still some smaller fish on there, and some other things that happened that I wanted. Well, then I I had it on there still, and I have a memory. My memory card's huge, so I still had it on there, and I didn't really need the room. But then my GoPro um, broke. It just stopped working in the heat, high heat all day, mixed with some rain. It's just shut off. Well, now I can't get it going, so I can't turn it on to get the rest of those clips off that GoPro. So oh, hey, real quick, real quick, bro. Did you try uh, – this is a tip for everyone, actually. So you know how, like, your iPhone has the reset deal? If you hold in your record and your power button for, like, 10 seconds, sometimes that will reset it. 
I'll try that. I, okay. I didn't know if you tried or not. I just wanted if you maybe to save it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try that though. Um, I'm going to try it again. I can't remember if I tried it, but I'm going to try it again. Cause it's like, like I said, my GoPro is dead in the water and, and I, I messed with it a little bit. I, it won't hold the charge, so I can't even charge it to, to try to um, see if I could get it to work. And, and I've tried multiple batteries in there and, and I, I kind of put it aside for a couple of days because I was just kind of a little worked up about it. But um, I'm going to try that tip you just told me. Told me I appreciate that, and and maybe I'll get lucky. And I'm just hoping it'll turn on. And I just, I just, as much as I want the GoPro to work, I'd be just as happy getting the clips that I have on it. You know? Yeah, because I well, mine has froze up on me a few times where I have actually let the memory card get high. And like I said, if you you just hold the, uh, you have to hit them at the same time, kind of like the iPhone, but the record yeah. and the power button, and you literally have to hold it in for like 10, 15 seconds, and then it'll like beep and completely just reboot. And all you have to do is just reset your uh your time and your date make sure you do that because your clips will be uh all out of order and then you'll hate yourself but yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that uh other than that everything's still on there because i've had to do that a couple times on mine yeah i appreciate that tip um all right now one of the things for youtube that i don't think people realize and i've learned the hard way and i'm sure you did too where is is the copyrights for the music you use oh <laughs> vein of my existence man yes sir me too and um but one of the things that they have now on youtube that makes it very easy to find your music is they have a youtube studios and on the youtube studios they have their free youtube music and the library on there I, from there and yeah you hear it on other people's channels and things like that here and there but but the amount of songs you can pick from is just endless and um, and it's all beats basically, but I'll tell you what, like, um, some of the beats I've used for the outro and the, in not the intro, the outro on this podcast I've gotten from, from YouTube. And, um, you know, you'll look, you'll be able to look on your YouTube studios and it'll tell you, it'll tell you if that song is copyrighted and you can use it or not. So to try to like, you know, you want to get this cool clip of you catching a big bass and then you want to put some Drake behind it or something like that you'll never it'll get flagged and it'll never get pushed by YouTube and you'll never be even eligible to make a dollar off it. Nope. That's very true. And another thing. So I've actually got a little bit of a tip how you can sometimes bypass that. So what I do is if you can find karaoke versions of beat, uh... it, a lot of times will not come back copyrighted. So like uh, a few of my videos, I have uh, the Trap Queen beat from Fetty Wap. And because it's the karaoke version, it's not copyrighted and it's slightly tweaked. So it's not the same. You know what I mean? So a tip yeah. for everybody out there. And another thing you always want to check, though, because I've had songs that I actually had uh, that were copyright free beats. And then a year later, the beat was purchased and used in a song, and then it gets flagged for copywriting. So you want to make sure you pay attention to your channel because I have had that happen to me. So, But uh, with the karaoke ones, I've not had a problem with it or exactly what he said by going any, – basically anything, though, YouTube offers you, use it. Use it because they are doing it to help you out as the creator. They really, really care more than any platform about their creators. YouTube cares about you. Like Facebook here lately, they've been doing this thing where you have to click the video, then you don't have to click the video. 
video for it to play. Then yeah. it'll go back to automatic play. And it's just so frustrating as a creator because they're constantly changing. And as well, YouTube changes, but then they have the YouTube creators page, which will come out with a video telling you everything that's changing, everything you need to do. Uh, so the YouTube creator uh, channel is probably one of the ones that you should for sure be subscribed to if you're trying to be a YouTube creator. Yeah. And now I'm sure you, like, you know, yeah, you just said it though, but to, to, to be able to have all that YouTube studios, YouTube creator, all that stuff, I think it might even be the same thing. Um, it is, it is, yeah, it is. It's yeah, same. Yeah. Um, but like being able to, you'll be able to go on there. You can get all your algorithm for your video or not, um, everything you need to know about your videos. I'm having a brain fart on the word, but, um, um, but you'll be able to, uh, you'll see your views, you'll see your demographic, you'll see, you'll see everything, how it's compared to your other videos. So that's a tool. Um, that's a tool that, you know, use it. Like you said, YouTube's offering it. They're offering it for a reason. They want you to use it and everything they offer I use and, and it's good. There's nothing on there that I, I think is a waste of time. I would have to 100% agree with you. And actually, the one thing that I guess I do have to say that we have not mentioned, which is very, very important because people are very, very visual, take time, make a cover photo for your videos, a thumbnail. And another thing I'm about to give you guys yes. the juice here. So if you have an iPhone, there's a there's an app called Thumbnail Maker. It'll actually, it's free. You just have to watch an ad before you save your photo. It actually will let you set the dimensions to a Facebook video, to a YouTube thumbnail. And then, so what you want to do is so your title, you'll have your title of your video, and then in your cover photo, you're going to want to put something like, oh, he choked it or, or big, it's something related to the video, but something that's intriguing for the, uh, for the viewer to be like, hey, click on. Because a lot of times they'll just see your cover photo and not even care about your title. Like they're just scrolling down through and you have caught their eye and then they click on it and then maybe you get a subscriber. Maybe your video gets bumped up in the algorithm by YouTube, all those things. And another thing that we didn't mention earlier about the alg algorithm. So YouTube kind of gives your video like a week. And so it, it gives it a chance to snowball. Then after that, it still pops up, but they don't, I guess it doesn't go as in, in front of as many viewers. You can actually go back in, change your cover photo, change your tags and your video. That's what happened with my big bluegill video. It had no views. It had like, it had like 50 views. I went in, re-tagged it, changed the cover photo. Now it's my most viewed video that I posted eight months ago. And I got all the views in the last two months, all by just going back in and re-tagging and, and uh, picking a new thumbnail. Yeah, that's, that's some great advice. And I actually, I'm, I'm going to probably go and do that with a couple of my videos as and well. don't over tag don't over tag yes just what's in the video man five six seven tags dude because i'm finding the ones because i just i did actually a trial on it last night with uh, my video of where i caught another creek hog and i just put like five tags in it man and it already has more views than my last two videos where i mean you saw the one that i put out there dude i mean i was just wrecking yeah. big smallies left and right yeah. that's when i caught oh, yeah. one big fish and it's already taken over my last three videos you know what i mean all by just five six tags man they like that yeah yeah you, you know and I, I was looking at your videos earlier today and and watching some and and i noticed that i noticed your recent video i think you uploaded it yesterday last night um, like nine o'clock man yeah yeah and and the views were so much higher than your your it looked like what your average was to start compared to your other videos and mm -hmm. and i was going to ask you that so that makes perfect sense what everything you just said and you know, lower, lower the tags and, and, and you'll, you, you'll get the views. It's, it's frustrating, but, um, there's a lot of tips out there. Like a lot of tips that, you know, you're saying right now are, are things that people can, can take and, 
and uh, really help grow their channel and, and get a good jump start. I feel like. And the money's out there. All of us can make YouTube's billionaires. Yeah. They can pay all of us. It helps somebody out. I'm telling you, you help someone out. And honestly, I think that's why I, I've been so blessed with fishing, man, is because I was never one of those guys who was like, oh, I, uh, I'm not telling you my lure. I'm telling you, dude, I run into people on the bank. I've given them whole packs of soft plastics because they weren't catching yep. fish. You know what I mean? Dude, there's yeah. tough fish for all of us, man. And dude, YouTube's got plenty of money to pay plenty of people. Yep. I'm the same way. And so something I noticed you do in your videos and I, and I do it in mine as well, but I don't think a lot of people, especially smaller channels take advantage of it is they use the cards um, that you can put from the YouTube creator at the uh, end of your videos where it yep. recommends other videos of yours to the viewer. And then it'll give them the option if they want to subscribe or not. And, and um, what made you decide or, to do that or has that been something that you've been doing from the beginning okay so the thing with the cards if you don't use the cards you're not properly doing the algorithm your video most likely will not snowball so you have to use the cards that's just part of the algorithm now the way i do the cards is if i have like a seven eight minute video i will do one card with a video and then uh and then at the end of it i'll do my ending card with i do a playlist a video which is best for the viewer i just let youtube uh pick it they usually do just a tremendous job of picking you know what i mean a good video to yeah. there and then my subscribe off to the right longer video so if it's like a 30 30 minute video it's called what's uh kinetic topography is what it's called learned in marketing school so what it is is just with those things popping up there in the corner. So say it's a 30 minute video, I'll put like three of those video cards in there because it's just a change up that they're seeing. Like if you're watching a video and they're just putting words up on the screen or like you'll watch the wired to fish videos and they'll be showing the guy casting and he'll be talking and then they'll do a voiceover and you'll see the uh, lore coming through the water. Just anything to change the eyesight for just a second. Like if you're watching a TV show, this may ruin for a lot of people. Like for me, TV, like I'll be watching. If you watch a TV show, the camera angle will change. It cut about every two to two and a half seconds now as a youtuber you're obviously probably not going to be doing that uh in the creek but that's where those little cards come in so if you have a 30 minute video you're walking up the creek bam that card clicks over who knows they may click on that they may finish watching your video but you're trying to get them to spend as much time on your channel as possible who knows they may have been going to click off at that 15 minute mark but instead giant bass pops up in the right corner bam they're going to click on that and go see that giant bass you just caught you know what yeah. i mean so you want to utilize all of youtube's tools but longer video put more cards in it yep. shorter video just do your one card you know you don't want to be spamming them yep i agree and um something else that i do is i don't even know what it's called but at the bottom right of my any one of my videos i have a little tab and it says subscribe and it's just mm -hmm. real small at the bottom corner and so at any time during the video, if 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 somebody's watching and they just found me because they got recommended and they and they like it, well, you know, I mean, everybody for somebody to back out of that video and especially if they got it full screen and then hit subscribe and and all that, a lot of people just won't do it. And mm -hmm. if they have if they have the option mid watch to just hit a button, and people are pretty familiar with what that is now. So um, if you're watching. Um, you, you, and you see the subscribe button, every, you, know, you kind of know that you could hit that to subscribe, but I've gotten quite a few subs from just doing it that way. And that is, that is a great tip because dude, convenience is everything, man. Especially nowadays, convenience is, is a very, very important thing. Even with it comes to your video content. Yep. And, and one of the don'ts that I have that a lot of people do, and especially a lot of smaller channels, in my opinion, the worst thing you could do is a sub for sub. Oh yeah, I look look. I, 
YouTube is not Instagram, man. And another thing, I don't know if you've noticed, but if people, so if you comment on somebody's video and you say, hey, man, great video, why don't you come check out my content, my channel? Guess what YouTube does to that? They delete your comment because you are, uh, you are disobeying community standards. They do not allow that anymore. Do not do that. It is, it is the worst thing for your YouTube channel. That gets deleted right now. It's not Instagram. It's, you know, if you want to subscribe to somebody's channel because they have good content, do it. I don't, I don't want to come across as rude, but I, I just can't, I, there's no point to subscribe to all these random YouTube channels. Uh, when you have a YouTube channel, that's not the way YouTube works. That doesn't help you in any way, shape or form. And another thing, like I said earlier, you can have those thousand subscribers. You have to have still 4,000 hours viewed in 12 months to monetize. So you can have all the subscribers in the world, but if you're not getting the views and people aren't watching your videos and spending time on your channel, you're literally doing nothing. Like I said, it is not Instagram. Exactly. And, and I don't know anybody that has grown their channel successfully from just doing sub, you know, sub for sub, because you're sub for sub for somebody that you just randomly find on Instagram. You're both doing it because you want to sub. You're not watching the other guy's content at all. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of times you'll get these guys that'll sub for sub. And then you'll look a couple hours later and that sub's gone. Yep. They you know? unsub. Yeah. They unsub. So, I mean, it's bad enough. You even, even though it's not right, you still didn't get the sub. But, you know, you got it, but then you lost it, which is horrible. But, you know, YouTube, then YouTube will see your sub count going up, but your view time and your view hours staying the same. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think then YouTube says, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't recommend this because his subs are going up, but nobody wants to watch his videos. Yeah, it all, it all, you're 100% right. It all plays into the algorithm. I mean, there's, they, it's time spent on the channel, your likes to dislikes, your comments, uh, you commenting back to people. Make sure if people comment on your videos, you comment back to them. And another thing, I mean, there's people that review, they, they make sure that you're, and another thing, so if you're doing a fishing channel or anything on social media, people are always watching. My first year fishing, I got, uh, sent like, $150 worth of lures from MEPS, this company in Wisconsin who makes trout lures because I use them for bass fishing all the time. I've caught monster bass on them, and they saw one of my videos, had no clue. They saw it on Facebook. The guy emailed me. I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. People, Even if you have a small page, you people see that. People are watching, so you always want to be professional. I don't believe in putting down anybody else's YouTube, social media, anything. I don't put down lure companies because let me tell you, I've never used one of those old lunky, uh, Lucky Craft Crank baits but i tell you what if them boys want to sponsor me man those are the best <laughs> crankbaits you've ever seen in your life you know what i mean so <laughs> yes, be professional do not put down other stuff even if you're even if you dislike it or you had a bad experience with it because that could be situational and and people get a negative reading off things like that so always be professional and like i said if you had a bad experience with something leave that to yourself or tell it to your buddies don't put it out into the mainstream world because then people uh companies are going to want to shy away from you because you're not a professional person so even if you have two people watching your videos at this point maybe one of those people's a dude from strike king you don't know there's people that get paid to go out and scour to find guys like you and me yeah yeah i agree and one of the things that helped me and i know i know it helped you is just because you have a youtube channel doesn't mean you just solely rely on youtube promoting your stuff on instagram on facebook you know i know people that do it on tiktok as well and um use all social media platforms to push your brand and and you know with you with i know i know you do it for for social media and i have to imagine that that's helped you tremendously grow honestly facebook is how uh, so i started out on instagram 
Uh, Instagram. Now I have to say of all my platforms, my least favorite is Instagram. Um, just cause video wise, it's not necessarily, it's meant for shorter videos if we're being honest, but, uh, yep. so, and uh, Instagram is probably my least favorite, but the way, so the way you look at the platforms, Instagram is quick. Now, give it to me. Now I'm going to follow you. You follow me back. Like it's all, it's all for me, 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 you, 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 me, me, me. It's all back and forth like that. Facebook. The reason I put so much effort into Facebook. So Facebook is, is where, my videos get the most amount of views right now. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I do have a few YouTube videos that are doing very well, but I have consistently view wise. Facebook is where I get the most views. The reason I went so hard on Facebook, look, Instagram, you're running into a lot of teenagers, 11, 12 year olds, 20 year olds, college students. You're, you're, you're I'm not that there's the older generation doesn't have an Instagram. Uh, they, uh, you know, they do, but they probably don't use the platform as much as the younger kids. Now the thing about Facebook, Facebook is families. These are people who have homes, jobs, careers, lives that they live. And when they uh, like your page or follow they, your page, they've kind of accepted you into their life. And let me tell you, when you get followers on Facebook, those are followers for life. That's not for the right now. Those people will support you. They will love you. They will cherish you. That's so. So with Facebook, you're you're getting with each one of the platforms, you're getting a different clientele. I guess you could say, of user. Now, all these people are all on the on, on all these platforms, but the majority of Facebook's going to be your older generation. The majority Instagrams your younger generation, and so that is why you want to use all platforms so you can get all. Because YouTube, a lot of my subscribers are like twelve and thirteen year old kids who see me wrecking fish and want to learn from me. You know, yes, what I mean? yeah. and so, so that's why, like you said, it is very important going all around. But like I said, that's why Facebook, Facebook's one that I would really like to be monetized on. And, uh, and then YouTube, those, those are my two, two ones. Cause I'm not really interested in being an Instagram influencer, but that doesn't mean I'm still not going to put my videos on IGTV, not do Instagram stories, not do Twitter. Cause Twitter's where a lot of the, uh, the bass companies are. That's where the professional pages are. That's where you can score a lot of sponsorships is on Twitter. Yep. And, and just to kind of go off of what you said with your audience being, uh, you know, you have a lot of like 12, 13 year old kids that watch to, to learn techniques and, and, and everything that you're doing, how to catch fish. But with that being said, you can't come on there and all of a sudden drop an F bombs and, 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 and the language being bad, um, you know, have having proper language and not cussing. Um, I, I don't know if it messes with the algorithm or, or if, if YouTube can flag that or see that, but I would recommend to anybody that if, if you're going to do YouTube and you want channels out or you're, you're going to create a channel and you want to push videos out, the language has to be, you got to clean up the language. Yeah. You don't want to be off putting bad language for whatever reason in videos. Like if we were sitting there chat, uh, chatting just with buddies and you, you know, it's, it's not off putting cause it's somebody that you've known your whole life. Yeah. People who don't know you and they're, they're meeting you for the first time through a video where let me tell you, uh, especially when you're a smaller channel, people just want to pass by you and discredit you because, Oh, this guy doesn't have a million uh, subscribers. So he's not worth my time. You know what I mean? So if you do get one of them to click into your video and maybe get a subscriber, you don't want to be off putting to them. You don't want to be cursing. Uh, definitely not dropping F bombs every once in a while. I mean, you're filming, we're fishing, you know, you, you, you may slip and, and say one of the smaller ones every once in a while. I usually always edit it out just because, and like, if you smoke cigarettes, like I don't recommend smoking cigarettes in your videos, you know, cut those out uh, when you're smoking, you know, take a five minute break and smoke your cigarette. And then uh, just anything that would be off putting to the viewer, you don't want to do because a lot of times you will only have that one opportunity to uh, get that subscriber on YouTube. Yep. And one of the things that turns me off more than anything, and I got a buddy who's going to be listening to this and, and he's going to know I'm talking about him, but um, I can't stand when I'm listening to somebody talk from the chess cam 
and all of a sudden you hear them spit that tobacco and uh, yep. it's so disgusting and i'm an ex-tobacco user so i get it but um yeah me as well i used to smoke cigarettes so i mean yeah. i i completely get it i mean i'm not saying don't just don't do it on video yeah yeah you gotta you gotta edit it out and and you know i mean on mine you'll, you'll see me miss a fish and and um or lose one or something funny happens or a couple of my videos i fell and you can hear me cussing but I leave the cussing in, but I bleep it out. So you still get the effect of the video, yeah. but you don't hear the cussing. And so, you know, nobody knows what I say, but I fall and then you just hear beep, beep, you know, or whatever the context is. And, and um, I, I don't, I think it kind of, hate to say it kind of adds to it, but, um, you know, you, you're not going to see me on there being like, hey, I'm, I'm about to, you know, just casual conversation, um, dropping some, some curse words, regardless of, which one it is, but yeah, that's a, that's something that I would definitely stay away from, but all right. Well, I think, um, I think I'm ready to ask you some Facebook questions. I got a couple that I've been dying to get into you, uh, get into with you. And, um, so I'm just going to go from the top. You're probably going to have to help me with a couple of these names. Cause I think, I think there are a couple people that, um, you know, and, um, I don't even know if I want to attempt some of their last names, but, um, so I'm just going to start, right from the top i actually got more questions for you than i've gotten with anybody else so far that i've recorded with so that's that's good um a lot of people are really curious to what you have to say so um we're gonna get into it then so honestly i've been waiting for this all day i've been so excited for the, <laughs> for the social media questions man it's, it's just fun picking people's brains you know because i'm a question guy i'm a mm -hmm. huge question guy yeah so um the first question comes from Anthony Tusing. Tusing. Tusing is, I actually grew up with him and we're from the same county. I've not seen him in a few years, but uh, he started bass fishing here not too long ago. Good bass fisherman, man. But yeah, I actually grew up with Anthony. That's awesome. I was just happy I didn't butcher his last name. And um, and I tend to do that on a couple of these Facebook questions. But yeah, he, he wants to know, what's your take on lure color? Do you buy a lot of different colors of the same lure or do you have a few that you pretty much stick with all the time? Okay, so I, I definitely have a few favorite colors, but when it comes to crankbaits, I always will go. So usually if we're fishing somewhere, we'll see what uh, what's in the water. Whether So in our area there here in the north, we bluegill is pretty much like the main bass candy. We have perch places too, but bluegill is like the bass candy around here. So I so when it comes to crankbaits, I like getting a couple of the natural colors. So I'll get, I'll get like a couple of them in, you know, a bluegill pattern, but maybe two different bluegill patterns, but similar colors. And then on the third one, I always go with something. Uh, so if I'm buying three of the same, two natural, and then one crazy, because I'm a firm believer in sometimes you'll just get hit because you're throwing something that no one else is throwing. Yeah. So, so my favorite color that I think is the most under, underutilized color for crankbaits is anything that has purple on it. Purple is killer here in the north. We have bluegill. They're, they get that bluish purple on them in the water. It looks purple. So, so Anthony, get you a couple natural, but then get you something that like you're just you got a gut feeling about that's just gaudy, just a gaudy color that you just know no one else has bought because a lot of times that's what'll get hit. That's a great answer and a great question. Um, so we're gonna go to the next one now. Kyle, you're gonna have to help me with this guy's name, and I, I don't want to butcher it. I think it's one of your buddies. His first name's Chris, and his first. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't. I have no idea how to pronounce Chris's last name. Chris is actually a screenwriter. He's a really good dude. Uh, he'll know who we're talking about. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll call him Chris N because his, Chris his, 
Yes, because his last name is, I have no clue. I met him on social media here a while back uh, through fishing, actually, through a fishing group, a Pennsylvania fishing group. And uh, he's a real cool guy. We message all the time about places to go fishing and areas and what's working. Real helpful fisherman. So we'll call him Chris N. Chris N. I like that. I don't even want to attempt. I don't even want to attempt to say his name, but I'll, I'll butcher it too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, appreciate the question, Chris. And Chris wants to know what are your favorite jig types and techniques? Okay. So jig types. Um, I hate finesse jigs like the ones that have the, or excuse me, not the finesse, like the pro model jigs that have the little weight on the back, you know, where the trailer goes. Yeah. You know, you know I don't like the way those fall. I hate the pro model jigs. A lot of pros use them. I don't like the way they fall. So when it comes to a jig, I like, I like, uh, like a round ball head, like the strike King bitsy bug. Uh, I usually am three eighth ounce or half ounce. That's my go-to. I don't stare away from it. Cause if you need bigger than three eighth ounce, half ounce is big enough to do everything. You can throw a half ounce in a three eighth ounce situation. If you don't have a three eighth ounce. So I like the, I like the, just the round ball head jigs, football jig will get it done. If you don't have one of the round ball head jigs, but also I like keeping a lot of swim jigs around because Swim jig is so versatile because that swim jig, you can take that and burn that through grass, burn it shallow in an inch of water. You can run it deep down through a trench, but also if there's a dock, you can flip that jig right underneath that dock like you're flipping any other jig and catch bass just the same way. So keep them swim jigs around because the swim jig heads come through just about anything. And like I said, you can pretty much do the exact same thing with a swim jig that you can do all other jigs. So either a round ball head jig or a swim jig, and then keep the colors natural. If the water's murky, the only color I throw is, is a black and blue flake. Just trust me. If you don't believe me, go look at my YouTube videos. I've caught <laughs> hogs and it's always in murky water and it's always in the black and blue flake and they just inhale the thing, man. And when you're setting the hook on a jig, reel that thing back till you feel it tight. I don't care if the fish is sitting right on the side of the boat by the time you get the line tight before you set the hook. You have to reel down on them and set it. And then once you're bringing them in, do not quit reeling. You just have to keep powering them in. So maybe use a little bit of heavier line with your jigs if I give you a little extra tip there. Yeah, it's great, and I don't care where you are in the country. A black and blue jig will work. Oh, you're in Florida. You black and blue is killer down where you're oh, at. Oh yeah, man. everywhere. I got Texas buddies, black and blue. I, I, I'm sure California works. I'm sure I know it works in Kansas. Um, anywhere in the country, if you're hesitant on what color jig you need to buy, you'll never go wrong with the black and blue. So, all right. Well, uh, Jay Fouts got a good. He's got two questions for you. Appreciate the questions, Jay. His first one says, you catch a lot of different species of fish. Is your target largemouth bass and of all the others just happen to hit the same lure? Okay, so no. So if it's so if I'm bass fishing, it's always targeted. It's either going to be largemouth bass or smallmouth bass. So here in our region, it's not like in like Texas in the Midwest where we have rivers where they're just loaded with largemouth bass also. All of my largemouth bass are in lakes or reservoirs where there are generally not smallmouth bass. So when it comes to bass fishing, it's always targeted. It's either I'm going for smallies to the creek and river or I'm going to the reservoirs for largemouth bass. The only one that ever uh, – ever comes unexpected is I'll usually every year catch a couple of like big old giant tank crappy on a crankbait or something or a spinner yeah, bait because yeah. they just, they think it's a minnow. You know what I mean? So pretty much everything's <laughs> always targeted other than like I caught that white bass. So large, if you see me catching largemouth bass or smallmouth bass, those are always what I'm targeting 90% of the time. And then there will be videos where I'll shoot, you know, cause people like catching crappy and bluegill so i oh, always yeah. do, throw yeah. those in as well uh, but pretty much it's it's 90 percent of the time it's targeted yeah that's a good answer uh jay, thanks jay now uh jay's got his other question here 
Um, what kind of impact does West Virginia weather have on your fishing? Does it ice over when it's a spawn where you fish? That's kind of a two-parter. Okay, so the weather, it – man, it gets crucial. Uh, so, like I said, right now we're in uh, the end of June, and it's like 50 degrees here right now. So, we get cold fronts left and right. Now, in the wintertime, everything does ice over. The only thing that doesn't ice over is the creeks and the rivers. And so, like I said, then you have to become a trout fisherman, which is fine because we can actually go catch trout year-round, which is nice. But, like, I caught my first two fish this year uh, – the opening day of trout, which was in January. And I think it was like 12 or 13 degrees when we first got out to the Creek that day. So, uh, so it's, uh, the weather, the weather has a, a huge impact on my life as a fisherman here, maybe more so than a lot of other places, because I run into, uh, I, and, and I, I say this jokingly, but I always joke and say Northern fishermen are better than Southern fishermen because I'll have a 90 degree day and I'll have to be figuring out how to get a bite. And then the next morning I'll have a 40 degree morning yeah. where I'm having to figure out to get a bite. So I'm not, going like four or five month stretches where I'm having similar conditions. It's almost every day is just a new surprise of what I'm going to run into. Now do you get, do you guys get any ice? Okay. So we do a lot stuff ice is over, but it doesn't ice over like it does, uh, up in, uh, like like up north so i mean i'm in the north i'm in the northeast but like our reservoirs we don't get thick enough ice on them to actually go out and ice fish them and your spawn your spawn's usually in may isn't it okay so the spawn okay so the spawn is it's usually towards the end of may and then a week after that and that, the reason i'm telling you this because if you're a northern fisherman this is very important so yeah the bass so you'll see the bass pushed up start pushing up in the bank about middle of May. I mean, way up in the shallows, getting, getting ready for the beds and stuff. And then you'll start catching the males off of them. And then at the end of, so the end of May, those will go the first week into June, the bluegill will start spawning. So what happens is the bluegill and the bass will just swap spots. The bluegill go up to the bank and are up and in the shallow cover. And then the bass are just sitting like 10 yards off of them. Cause of course that's what they're feeding on. And so basically when you're bass fishing, all you have to do is go from beating six inches of water to just be about 10 yards off of where you were just fishing before. And the bass are still there they're just 10 yards off and normally people would just go hit another spot because oh they're not here no they're there they're just like 10 yards off of where they were before so we go bass spawn then bluegill spawn right after i gotta imagine then that during the bluegill spawn then those bass are just coming off of beds they're probably feeding pretty heavy Oh, blue! It's awesome. It's you can take a swim jig and throw it and just burn it shallow and just catch fish after fish after fish after fish. It's awesome as long as you have a, a bluegill colored one. Like I use a black and purple uh, six cents divine swim jig and yeah. the eighth ounce, and it just wrecks them. Oh, I bet, man. All right, Jay. Well, thank you for the question. Um, you can check him out at Bass Junkie Jay on any social media. He's uh he's always chiming in with great questions. Appreciate it. Um, all right, now Anthony Morrow. He's got a good question. What is your go-to summer pattern for hot days? Uh, go walk the creek. <laughs> yeah. No, no, for real. Uh, so look, when it's so when it gets hot like that, what what you're gonna do? So if you're bank fishing like a reservoir or something for largemouth bass, you're gonna want to look for grass beds. Usually this time of year, grass beds are gonna start popping up. Guess what that does? So bass don't have eyelids, so they don't. So if they're out and just open, no water, sun beating down, they're just getting that. It's blurred. You know what I mean? I mean that's the best way I could describe it. They don't have uh, they don't have hats. They don't have sunglasses. That sun's just beating down on. So that's why a lot of times you're gonna want to look for like down logs or down cover or trees overhanging bushes you're going to want to find shade because chances are the bass that aren't pushed out deep and uh because you can catch bass any time of year shallow almost other than winter time any time of year shallow but 
when you have that cover like that, you can find bass and big bass laying under that cover in those ambush points because it stays just as cool there as it does 10, 15 feet offshore. So you're really, really going to want to look for cover. And then whatever your go-to lure is, like at this time of year, I like taking a whopper plopper and just repetitively running it along the edges of grass beds. And man, I don't know what it is. They just want to rip that thing in half. And then top water is always good quality of fish usually, but you're going to want to find as much cover as possible if you don't have a boat to go out and deep crank uh, just off those ledges. And when I say deep crank, I'm talking like six to eight feet just getting down in a trench because they'll just move right off that shallow cover down into a little ditch right off of where they're sitting at. So that's what I would do. Look for the cover, man. In the summertime, look for something that's offering that fish a little bit of shade because they're probably laying there yeah that's a great answer and i know anthony anthony's in kansas and um so he's not really too far south so i got i, I know he don't i don't know if he gets snow or not but i think he has a lot of the uh, seasons like you get so i think that's a great tip and i'm sure anthony's gonna give that a try i know i know uh he's always open to um pretty much anything uh he's always trying to learn and and apply everything he does and he does a great job he catches some he, he's the gar king he seems to really get on them gar but oh he does man uh, <laughs> gar master dude yeah he always every time he posts pictures i swear it's going to be another monster gar so uh thanks anthony for the question really appreciate it so next question um you might have to help me on the last name of this i think it's one of your buddies or somebody you know um riley oh riley riley magana magana okay Riley Magana, appreciate the question. Um, when I take the boat out and fish, I primarily go for whatever I can catch using crawlers and minnows. I will toss lures out for bass, crappy perch, walleye, etc. I would like to catch more bass. Any tips on how to target the bass better? Okay, so actually this kind of goes into what I was talking about with uh with Anthony's question. So so if you want to catch bass, you need to fish in areas where they're where they're gonna be bass hanging out. So generally bass aren't gonna be hanging out fifty feet deep like a walleye. You know what I mean? So it, so there's you're gonna to want to target locations that may be holding bass. And Riley mentioned that he had a boat. So maybe start by like flipping some of your soft plastics or lures or running your lures around if you see any boat docks sitting around that are offering shade. Uh if he has he's got a boat. So maybe if there's some lily pads and you see uh you see a little a little ditch coming down off those lily pads. Fish those, flip those lily pads, or run your crankbait around that, and then run a little bit deeper just off those lily pads. It's really just fishing areas that are going to be uh where you're going to be fishing where they're going to be largemouth bass. And but the easiest thing I can tell you, Riley, for catching largemouth bass, like I said, bass will be. I mean, there's some guys, there's pro fishermen that literally still, even with all the de deep cranking that goes on in the summertime, they still just go and beat the bank with a buzzbait. Do tie on a buzzbait or something and just go run down the bank or fish off points or any any rock banks, anything that looks different to you that could be holding fish. Work shallow initially because if you work shallow, trust me, you're gonna catch bass. They like being shallow. It doesn't matter the time of year they will go sit shallow and, and not all of them a lot of them will go out and deep creek too but you can always catch fish shallow so start beating the bank with your lures and i guarantee you 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 catch way more bass than just out trying to deep crank and and just seeing what you can catch start maybe a little bit more shallow and then and then maybe work your way out deeper but that's the way that i would say target uh bass beat the bank initially and then start to figure out which areas the bass are living in and then it, it just is a comfortability factor you figure out which lures work you figure out what locations what conditions and then you're on bass all the time man yeah i agree and, and usually you start you start with uh finding some cover or some laydowns or something and um more times than not you're going to get into the bass so all right riley appreciate the question um 
I got two more Facebook questions. The one from Kyle, I'm going to save. I I think we'll probably um that'll probably uh it's probably going to take a couple minutes to answer, and that's kind of something I've been saving towards the end here for you. But Jeff Wheeler, uh, he's got a question for you that's probably going to make you laugh. Um, he wants to know: Do you whisper to all the fish? I want to hold you forever. Or just the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I do kiss every bass that I catch. I do kiss. I do the Jimmy Houston. I kiss every single oh, yeah. bass That's that I catch. Great. And and another thing I do also is I thank the fish. I always thank the fish for letting me catch it. I always say, you know, thank you for letting me catch your bud. Give him a kiss, and I put him back in the water because I mean, it's it, you know, it's a blessing just to be able to catch fish sometimes. And uh, and so actually, there have only been two fish ever. Um, <laughs> One of my last videos, I can't remember if it was the last one or the one before, one of the big smallies, I, I said as I was letting him go, I was like, man, I just want to hold you for forever. And then uh, my <laughs> personal best largemouth bass that day, uh, man, that fish was just so big. And I, I could have, I could be holding him right now if I knew he could be alive, man. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's only happened twice ever. But uh, if it does happen, just know that it's, uh, it's a special occasion. Yeah, and I got a feeling it's probably going to happen. <laughs> and it's going to happen again. I'm sure down the road. Those um, are the good days. If that yes, happens, it's, it's a great day in my life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So last Facebook question is from Kyle Grisby from Dem Fellers on YouTube. Check them out. Good channel. Um, when I first read this, I, I took it literally at first and I was like, what is he talking about? It says, um, I really like the shorts. Have you seen those help activity in your channel? So <laughs> I, I initially I'm thinking like, is Tyler wearing like the flamingo shorts or like, like what am I missing here? You know? And cause, cause you know, I mean, I, I, I put time in to make sure, you know, to, to make sure I got to know you through your social media and everything. And, and before we talk, so, so I'm like, I gotta be missing something here. And then I'm like, Oh no, he's talking about YouTube shorts. And um, so then I'm like a oh, great question. I had that on my list of questions to ask you. So, um, you know, if you just want to tell us about, why you do the YouTube shorts and how you think it benefits your channel. Okay. So YouTube just added here. If, for those who aren't familiar here within the last, they've been doing a beta of it here for the last like month, month and a half, maybe two months. Now it's actually official where it's uh, it's YouTube shorts, which are basically like the Instagram story where you get 15 seconds. I think they've actually upped it to a minute for some channels. My channel is still only able to do the 15 second ones right now, but so it's like a little story or a little short. Now uh, it is in the very, very beginning stages. So like right now, if I get a, subs a subscriber from one of my shorts, it doesn't notify me. Uh, the, like if somebody comments on it, it doesn't really notify me properly. So, so they're going to work out all those bugs, I'm sure, because it is brand new and they're figuring out ways to, 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 to uh, bring it into basically the whole YouTube algorithm. But the one thing I will tell you about the shorts is it has put my channel in so many different eyes. So like I'll post a, I'll post a short and a short can get like 800 views in 30 minutes. As where, you know, my video, it may take a month, two months to get 800 views, just depending on what the video is. Yeah. So the, sh the shorts, you seem to get a little bit of a quicker feedback, but I'm still not 100% sure because it's so new on the algorithm. Now, I do know it does help your channel because you're playing YouTube's game and it is putting your channel in front of a bunch of viewers. But as to what's making the videos go off and what's making them not go, it's it's kind of hit or miss at this point. But I guess like all YouTube videos, but I, I have seen increased activity from my channel and I am getting a lot lot of views from them because it goes out to everybody not just your subscribers so i do recommend doing the shorts because you are putting your page in front of people that don't subscribe to your channel oh yeah and i saw a couple of your shorts had 
thousands and thousands of views. And, and like, like you said, you're, you're getting that, you know, that multi-thousand view short in front of all those people. And if they, and if they like that short, I mean, that's going to tr- hopefully translate into more subscribers. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I would recommend that to anybody. To, yeah. So uh, do the shorts, anything YouTube ads like that, you do it, do it, do it, do it up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that concludes all our Facebook questions. I thank everybody for all, all the questions on short notice. I think I just put it up late last night or early today. I think it might've been today, but everybody jumped on and, and uh, that seems to be growing as I post my guests and ask for some questions. And I was kind of hoping there were going to be some more uh, YouTube uh, tailored questions, but um, a lot of people, a lot of people are curious to what you're throwing and, and I think you gave a lot of great knowledge on that through those questions. So I, I appreciate that. And um, so the final question I ask everybody on here is what your favorite lure is and why? Okay. So when it comes to my favorite lure, it is conditional. I'm, I love throwing, I, I'm a power fisherman. So if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be a crankbait or a jerkbait, some type of hard plastic crank and stuff. But when you become a bass fisherman, so I have buddies who, because they've caught fish in multiple situations, they get stuck in this lure works. I'm going to throw this until the end of time, which that's the one thing you do not want to do as a fisherman because you can have a lure that will be wrecking fish for weeks on end and you will go out there and not get a bite. And if you do not know how to fish any other techniques, your bites will dry up. I promise you that. So I like crankbaits. I like burning them fast. I like burn. And so with my crankbait, I'll give you guys my, this is literally the best I'm actually going to do a YouTube video on this either tomorrow or the next day, but the best crankbait tip I can give you is make multiple, multiple, multiple casts in the exact same spot. I'm not to say you can't fire it down the bank and reel in that first cast, you'll get a hit or maybe two casts later and get a hit. I'm a 10, 15, 20, 30 cast in the same spot when I'm running a crankbait or lipless crankbait. Lipless crankbait falls in that category for me. The people will tell you that's a cold water bait. That is a lie. That is a year round bait that catches hogs anywhere in the world. And big fish hit moving stuff because they do not get a chance to react to it, like you said earlier. Yeah, uh, I love it. I I love it. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna close with that. Um, if you want to take a second and tell everybody where they can find you on social media, YouTube, and if you have any sponsor shout outs uh, you want to give, it's all yours. Uh, okay. So, uh, all of my social medias are all my Larry fishing. You can find me everywhere. Uh, Facebook. I have, I have tons of great content on Facebook. Facebook's great. If you're on Facebook, check me out on Facebook, YouTube, a lot of great content on there, Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, but the main thing I want to shout out is honestly just Bass Slingers. Bass Slingers has kind of been intricate into my uprising here over the last couple months. It's a great community of guys. If you're listening to the podcast, you can join Bass Slingers through the Facebook group. Just go to groups and type in Bass Slingers is the first thing that pops up, as well as they have uh, the Bass Slingers Facebook page where they shout out everything that happens in the group. But like I said, my social medias are all my Larry fishing and uh, shout out Bass Slingers, the best group on Facebook. Well, there you have it, guys. Um, I'll appreciate the uh, shout out for Bass Slingers. I know we're, we're very happy and lucky to have you a part of it. And we, we, we appreciate you uh, mentioning us and pushing us in your videos and, and you represent the, uh, the brand well. So we, we appreciate everything you do for us. And um, guys, if, if you're not checking out, oh, my Larry, you're missing out. Um, I, you know, being from up north, 
I get to I get to relive the glory days through Tyler and all the the tanks he's catching up there with the smallies and look forward to seeing what he's going to do in the spring or in the fall here when these, when these trout get moving. Um, so make sure you check him out guys. He dropped some good knowledge on you. Um, he's got a great channel. I'll tell you his editing is as good as anybody's on, on YouTube. Just watch one video and you'll see for yourself. So Tyler, I, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate your time tonight. I know I told you an hour. I tell everybody an hour, but we get rolling and it's, it's been about an hour and a half hour, 40 minutes, but um, it, it goes fast when, when we get going and um, you know, thanks again. Um, look forward to actually, when we get off the phone here, I'm going to, I'm going to look at your new upload. can't wait to see, see what you got into. And uh, so that's it, man. Uh, I'm sure I'll have you on down the road again. Uh, appreciate your time and we'll catch you down the road, my brother. Hey, that sounds great. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Hashtag Batslingers. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll see you. <laughs> okay, there's my interview with Tyler. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Tyler came on with tons of knowledge. He he over-delivered from what I was anticipating. The, the amount of knowledge that man knows about YouTube and, and how to get a channel started and the algorithm, like I said in the open... It's just something that um, takes years and years of, of learning and figuring out and probably figuring out the hard way on a lot of things. But Tyler, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and share everything you know with us. Looking forward to having you back in down the road. Maybe we'll talk some, some uh, more fishing next time with some smallies or all oh, those trout coming in in the fall. So um, look forward to that. Thank you again, man. I really appreciate your time. Now, closing the show here, you guys know where you can find me. You can find me on Big Guy Bass Fishing on YouTube and any other social media platform. You can find me at Josh Mitchell um, everywhere else as well. You can find me on Basslingers. I'm pretty easy to find. Like I always tell you guys at the end of the video, if you know somebody that you think I should talk to, somebody that's a hammer, or, or, or heck, even if it's you, you think I should talk to you, um, message me, hit me up, let me know, get in contact with me, and we'll make it happen. I'm always looking for, for new guests, interesting guests, so everything is on the table. Just, guys, get a hold of me. Till next time, I'll catch you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. <laughs>